Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Pre-market largely looking past these weak results from Cat and Boeing. Shares of both have rebounded from early morning lows. Big day with Zuckerberg back on the hill. Meantime, the future of Brexit remains cloudy. We might have an election before year end. That seems more likely. Yields have come in on growth concerns. Ten-year now back below 174. Our roadmap begins with Cat and Boeing. Big earnings misses for two Dow heavyweights. Cat cuts its earnings out. Now look, Boeing sticking to its timeline for the return of the 737 MAX. Plus SoftBank's massive WeWork bailout, the latest deal details, and the golden parachute for founder Adam Newman. Plus, as we said, Mark Zuckerberg goes to Washington. The Facebook CEO set for a grilling by House lawmakers later this morning. We're going to start, though, with that pair of Dow components. Boeing erasing some earlier losses despite a big earnings miss. Revenue slightly above consensus. Company still sees the 737 MAX getting back to service in Q4. And then there's Caterpillar missing with its quarterly results. Cutting full-year guide hurt by weaker demand in China. Uh, it's the first decline in quarterly profit since 2016, as they had sales down in every region. Which you just talked about. Yeah, look, my travel trust owns it. it. Does that mean that I'm an idiot? No. I think it does mean that you have to take pause and say, you know what, they continue to buy back stock, which they said it would no longer be episodic. They were in there buying. Cash flow remains really good. I didn't think they could make this much money with this decline in revenues. However, all that said, so what? Got like 400 other companies in the S&P 500 that are doing better than CAT. And CAT has a lot to do with the fact that the world is slowing. And it is our probably most accurate barometer of how the world is slowing, is Caterpillar. So it becomes a tough stock to own. Why won't it go back to 118, 119? I think because there's still a lot of ap- where it was before the last round of trade talks is there's optimism that if you're short this thing and we get a trade deal, you're going to get your face ripped off. But it wasn't good. It just wasn't good. And yeah, sure, engineer, engine, you know, engine was uh, energy was OK, but it wasn't a good quarter. And I think you have to own that. So not all quarters are equal. Oh, dovetail with what Texas Instruments said uh, last night, guiding, guiding down on the December quarter. Uh, weakness throughout the quarter. Uh, Bespoke says this will be the worst earnings reaction for Texans since 08. I don't like the read through a Texan. If you go through the quarter, they're really abject in saying on the conference call, both the IR and the CFO, that look, this is just every single business line we have. But remember, Texas became the default semiconductor to own when we got too uh, concentrated on communications, specifically Apple. I take it with a grain of salt. They became the Internet of Things automotive industrial I, uh, semiconductor company to own. Not unlike what NXP was doing on semi, microchip. Take a look at last week, bigger company, Taiwan Semi, fabulous numbers, talking about communications being great, 5G. Take a look at what Teradyne said last night, TR, excellent company, saying that communications, that's a very strong business. I'm saying Texas Instruments bad read-through. I think if you're going to be selling some of these big cap stocks, and here I'm thinking about you want to, you want to dump your Qualcomm, you want to sell your Micron, where Teradyne said the DRAMs are strong, you're making a major mistake. Do not read through Texan. Texan, by the way, up more than 30% stronger than all the other semis. Why? Because it wasn't related that much to cell phone. This is a move out of industrial, like CAT, and into cell phone communications, like Taiwan Semi, like Qualcomm, like by the way, NVIDIA, congratulations to Jensen Wong for being named the number one CEO in HBR in the Harvard Business Review. 
uh, yesterday. So I think that you look at Teradyne, and I'd rather take my cue from Teradyne, believe it or not, than Texas Instruments, even though Texas Instruments is a very big company. And I didn't like the call because it seemed like the fault uh, is in the stars, not us. And not only that, can I just tell you that in the April read-through, if you go back to the April 2019 Texas Instruments call, they were so ridiculously gloomy. I mean, give me a break. They have, they are like, hey, listen, we are well, not seeing good things at all times. In their 30-year history, though, these down cycles typically are four to five quarters, and they ha- are four quarters into declines. Well, so in other words, four to five quarters of year-over-year declines. They're already four quarters in. Now, the depth may be a bit greater due to the trade tensions. But, but they were gloomy. I mean, look, look so, David. Well, you can't blame them for being gloomy. I can't blame them for being gloomy, but I also can say that their, their mosaic of business heavily went toward industrial because they didn't want to be hostage to the apples of the world. Well, and, to, still, and to, yes, the, the curse word of all, Huawei. Yeah, I mean, they still talk about having 100,000 customers, 100,000 SKUs. Yeah. You, don't think it's a, you don't think it's a good macro play? No. You want 200,000 well, customers. Well, I think that they're too gloomy. <laughs> they're too gloomy and their business is too weighted toward the broader analog devices like world. So what do you sell off of this? You sell on semiconductor. You can sell microchip. You can sell analog devices. I'm going to sanction all this. I'll even I'll even sanction selling NXP. Okay, on David? this. Yeah, on this. But I will not go the broad. You got to sell. You got to sell Micron. And those who sell AMD on this, shame on you. Shame on you. What? Have you no shame, I David? Know. I mean, this is not the McCarthy uh, hearing. It is. Yes, it is. Have you no decency, short seller? Stu, Senator Symington. Remember, like the, con- the Republicans were the conscience of the Senate. Stu Symington. Really? It's, yeah. Seems like Stu. a long time ago. It's a little off base, but I do think that, that Micron is the linchpin once again. If Micron holds here, plus or minus a dollar, bingo. Really quick. It's not going to go we down. We didn't really get to Boeing, but. No, um, we didn't. We have trimming to. some uh, Dreamliner, uh, pushing back 777. Uh, they still think, as we said, four quarter on the max. Negative operating cash flow, though, 2.4. Yeah, where do they say? You know, that, look, they, they very true, they did ring fence. And it is interesting to open up the deck, and the first thing you see is, listen, this thing's not going to sink us. My problem is, if it were up to them, yeah, it is so clearly out of their hands that I would like to have seen two decks. I'd like to see, you know, presentations. One of if things don't come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, if you take a look at United Technologies' fantastic quarter yesterday, if things don't come back and they do stop production, then, you know, companies are going to be losing hundreds of millions of dollars a month. So I would have liked to have seen an either or. But if you're a pure optimist, you never show the or. I mean, it's kind of like, am I asking for them to say, OK, here's the Patriots with Brady. Here's what we like without Brady. No, because there's, in this case, at least Belichick has control of Brady. There. I'm glad we got to football within the six minute, seven minute. Dave, uh, Dave, it's a national pastime. Have like you seen to. the numbers, football? Have you seen the numbers? It, mean, it means more than ever. Even the fourth quarter matters these days. It does. It means more than ever, certainly to the networks that carry it and or the ones that might consider carrying it. Those yeah. negotiations are going to yeah, be I wish, you know, in terms can of we, the rights of the, the NFL. The Dolphins are playing with 10 men, <clears> how they which is it. really hard. Cleveland's playing with 10 men. You know, Jets play with 10 men, right? I mean, the Jets could play with 15 men. They still couldn't stop that rush. Anyway, it's it, Yeah, that's, that's really Sorry. It's, The season's over. How about Louie being down three on that great quarter? Who? Lily. 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 Yeah. Versus Biogen, seven guys raise price targets. Thanks for nothing. Like, moving on. The guy in my ears just said, moving on. I just covered seven companies. But I got move on. Let me get nine more companies. Our dear producer. He's a good guy in my ear. He's your guy in your ear? He's a, no, I'm not. I don't mean that. He knows I love him. 
Let's talk I love about, you. Uh, I love you. You know. Let's talk about WeWork, which does have a public market implication. Certainly, if you're a SoftBank shareholder, it does. Uh, the deal was done. Uh, press release out late last night, finally detailing many of the things we've been telling you about now for almost uh, two days at this point. SoftBank does take control or will take control when it's all said and done and everything is closed of, of WeWork with, as we first reported back on, uh, what was it, Monday, early afternoon, an 80% stake uh, in the company. Uh, the company's founder, of course, uh, Adam Newman, will largely be monetized, if you want to call it that, as will any number of other potential, uh, shareholders who at least choose to um, participate in what is going to be a tender offer worth up to $3 billion, again, for all non-SoftBank shareholders. The price there is $19.19 a share. They're going to commence that fairly soon uh, and expect to close it pretty quickly. They're also extending net debt of uh, some almost $5 billion. Now, one and three-quarter billion of that is a letter of credit, but it's $1.1 billion of senior secured notes and then $2.2 billion of unsecured notes. By the way, this is a company, I'm told, uh, by people who were involved, obviously, in all of these negotiations. It was going to run out of money by next Friday. Oh, come on. Yeah. They were really, I mean, they've got certain cash, but they have hurdles on it that they haven't met, so they were unable to use that cash. So they were going to be running out of actual money they could use to fund their business by next Friday. So the money can't come soon enough uh, for WeWork. The question now is for SoftBank, of course, and uh, uh, its leader, Masa's son, uh, and the man who's now tasked with overseeing it, Marcelo Claret, what do you do? What do you do to make this thing uh, work and reach profitability? SoftBank will have put in, what, some 13, 13 and a half billion dollars, right? The billion and a half in accelerated warrants they're going to uh, do now. Add that to the nine plus they've already put in and another three for the tender. I mean, you're getting up there, aren't you? Thirteen and a half billion for an 80 percent stake in a eight billion pre the new money. Uh, there's not that much new money pre the uh, new money valuation. So 80 percent of eight billion for 13 and a half. The math doesn't look so good. But guys, the question is, what can you do and how long do you have to do it? Because it's not as though this is not a company that is still burning through a lot of cash. Um, in the press release, Masa Sun says he's uh, a firm believer the world is undergoing a massive transformation in the way people work and that the company is at the forefront of the revolution. Uh, he says it's not unusual to experience growth challenges, right. but uh, the vision remains unchanged. But David, can I, let me just flip it for a second. Had they not bailed them out, would we not be talking about a commercial banking crisis? It's that big. I don't think so. No? I don't think so. Real estate We'd crisis. be talking about a black eye for J.P. Morgan. It's personal loans to Mr. You think it could Newman, be whether he'd be because okay. they were backed by his stock, which obviously we'd be talking about certainly some questions in terms of space and their leases and in real estate area in New York and other large markets. But I don't think it would have gone to that level. OK, that's important because there are a lot of people really scaring the heck out of me if this thing went. Yeah, and I don't think so. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Guess we got to move on. Market's certainly not spooked uh, by today's results. When we come back, as we said earlier, Mark Zuckerberg's on the Hill testifying in front of House Financial Services. Of course, we'll bring you live coverage all morning long. First, though, musical chairs in the C-suite. Uh, Nike, Mark Parker is stepping down as CEO in January. We know Kevin Plank is leaving. Parker will be succeeded by former eBay chief and ServiceNow CEO John Donahoe. Meantime, former SAP chief Bill McDermott has been chosen by ServiceNow as its next CEO. And we're going to talk to Bill after the break. Take a look at futures here, alternating between gains and losses for eight straight days. We'll get to Chipotle's snap, a Coke upgrade, new street high on Apple in a moment. 
ServiceNow, symbol N-O-W, announcing Bill McDermott, the former CEO of SAP, will take the reins of ServiceNow as chief executive. Following John Donahoe's departure to Nike, this is an amazing musical chair story that has a lot of people buzzing. Now uh, joining us exclusively is Bill McDermott, who is the, uh, I guess, the ingoing CEO of one of the best performing stocks around, which is ServiceNow. Hey, Bill, congratulations. ServiceNow on fire. What are you going to be able to do to augment the work that Donahoe did before he goes to Nike? Well, thank you very much, Jim. You're absolutely right. John has done a great job with ServiceNow. You know, this platform, the way we take care of customers and build trust, there's so much going on in the form of digital transformation, and ServiceNow is at the center of it all. So it's a matter of now how do we expand. And there's so many ways to do that in the way we care for our customers, the way we expand geographically, and in industries around the world. So I'm excited. Hey, Bill, do you think you'll be able to use your considerable contacts globally with, uh, from SAP to be able to extend ServiceNow's reach? And would you be add, uh, let's say, more verticals than the current ServiceNow? Because ServiceNow, even though it's a terrific company, is still in its infancy when it comes to the enterprise. You're absolutely right, Jim. We're on, in the dawn of a new era of software. So for sure, I think the, uh, the global contacts with heads of state or commissioners of leagues or CEOs around the world, many of them don't know just how pristine the ServiceNow platform is and just how extensible it is to solve IT issues, customer issues, human capital management issues, because we built it on a fully integrated holistic platform that drives real productivity in the enterprise. And it works so collaboratively with all the other big platforms. So we're kind of the platform of the platforms. And you're absolutely right on industry, we can add many new industry plays to this formation and really continue to kick this growth into high gear. Uh, Bill, personally, uh, when you uh, wrap things up at SAP, I said, you know, maybe Bill's going to take it easy. He's a family guy. There's a lot of, lot of things in life that you want to do. I never understood. You must have 28-hour 28, uh, 28 days. Uh, Frank Slootman, who was the ServiceNow guy before him, he, he slept on a couch in his office. Dono hasn't had a moment to breathe. Is this really the, you know, just in terms of, People, is this the right job to once again uproot your family go, and go and become the worldwide traveler that I thought you might be wanting to get away from? No, Jim, this is what I do, and this is what I love to do. You know, I'm already moving my family to California. My wife, Julie's all in with me. Kids are excited. I'm totally ready to go. I'm not a guy that wants to make a tea time. I want to go out and meet some CEOs and help transform their businesses. You know, this company was built on the idea of Fred Luddy's vision for tremendously satisfied and loyal customers. And that's what we have here at ServiceNow. We have a fired up team. I'm super excited about our leadership team. The board of directors here, Jim, is so uplifting. Everybody's rowing in one direction. So no matter where I sleep, I know I'm where I belong, leading ServiceNow into the future. Hey, Bill, it's David Faber. Um, you know, we just mentioned Slootman. Apparently, uh, at Snowflake, he's getting a lot of his old band back together. He's hired now CFO, general counsel, chief marketing officer, head of North American sales. Are you worried that with Donahoe's departure, you're not going to have much of a senior management team left? Judging from the amount of uh, emails and social media hits I'm getting right now, for people that want to work here, I think we pretty much have our pick of the litter. There's no doubt, David, we have to hire a CFO. And John was very kind. He knew 
that Bill was coming on, so here I am, and he didn't want to select the next CFO. We have three very serious candidates. I'm meeting with all three of them today, and that decision will be forthcoming very soon. And now you have a CEO in waiting as I complete my tasks at SAP, and John does the same at ServiceNow. We're perfectly good friends, and we're working on a smooth transition. So all the leadership things are handled. We have a pipeline of great folks. Not to worry about the human capital issues. On the contrary, our toughest challenge is picking out the best ones of the hundreds, if not thousands, that want to work here right now. Uh, and Bill, when people look at your career at SAP and the strategy you pursued there, certainly some of it was based on M&A, uh, you know, Sybase, Success Factors, Ariba, Concur. Uh, is M&A going to be a more important part of your toolbox, so to speak, at, uh, uh, at your new employer as you look at the future? David, as you know, you have to form your strategy based upon the conditions. And when I look at SAP's scenario, we didn't have any cloud revenue in 2002, and now they're well on their way to $20 billion. So M&A was a key concept in getting that company where it needed to be. In this company, we're a pure play, born in the cloud, market leader already, growing faster than all the others, and we're doing that organically. And one of the real powerful plays here is the now platform. So we are a platform company. It's got great extensibility into our applications, and I'm looking at mostly an organic play here. Should we choose to do tuck-ins to complement what our customers need to get us somewhere faster, we'll do that very carefully because our customers love that we have a fully integrated cloud offering and we will not sacrifice quality for growth. We want both growth, we want margin expansion, and we want quality for our customers so they love us and they stay ever loyal to ServiceNow. Don't forget, we have the highest retention rates in the information technology industry and we want to keep it that way. Uh, absolutely, Bill. I know that uh, the preliminary results that came out last night with your announcement were quite extraordinary. You got total revenue uh, a 30, up plus 34 percent. That's great. A non-gap uh, total billing is up 28 percent. But let me say this. Last week in Neil Bush, for you, man, you and I both know, uh, gave what I thought was a rather downbeat uh, worldview. Uh, when he was talking at Workday, basically saying, you know what, the world has become a tougher place and it's harder to close deals. What are you hearing about the ability to close deals and what a lot of companies are saying is, look, a suddenly um, a world work prone to turmoil? Well, I think the operating environment out there has been stated by some as rougher, um, but I can only go by what I see at SAP uh, and what I see now at ServiceNow. At SAP, when you have a good brand and you're in a strong market position, you saw the third quarter earnings, the bigger third quarter earnings than ever, and we beat our operating plans by $100 million and the stock is way up. If you look at service now, it's kind of steady as you go. As I looked at the pipelines and compared it to the revenue growth against historical norms, the pipelines support the forecast, which supports what just happened in Q3. So this company's very steady. One of the things, Jim, and you know this very well, Companies that have kind of a one-dimension focus, whether it's HR or just one thing in CRM, mm -hmm. they tend to really feel the headwinds of the global economy when things turn a little tough. This company, like my former company, um, they have a plethora of things that they can do in the enterprise to satisfy customers. And I think this holistic platform play is going to serve service now very well as the platform play served SAP very well also. 
Uh, uh, one last thing, and just want to point out on a personal basis. We lost a man, Mark Hurd, last week from Oracle. Vicious competitor, one of the reasons why I always loved him, frankly. Can you just say a few words? Because I feel like this stuff happens, and it's like we forgot that he ever lived. I think about it every day. So do you. Mark Hurd, what did he mean? He meant a lot. He really did. He had mega accomplishments in the enterprise. I always respect self-made leaders. Mark was a self-made leader. It was interesting, Jim, when he announced that he was taken off for health reasons. I had a very nice text session with Mark, me to him and him back to me, and it was heartfelt on both sides. And when I woke up one morning and he was gone, I just realized, wow, you know, what a meaningful moment that was for both of us. We competed vigorously in the marketplace against each other, but always had a serious form of professional respect. Uh, I feel bad for Mark and Mark's family, and I can only say I'm just honored that I had a chance to know him. I thought Oracle did a great job of saluting his life and his contributions to their company, and I'm sure his wife and family must have been very proud of what he achieved in his professional career. We'll miss Mark, and I'm super proud to call him friend. I enjoy. Uh, I join you uh, and wishing his family uh, the best of all. Uh, of well, it's hard to have best of grief, but you and I both know that he's, his family had to deal with a lot here because this was going on for some time. I thank you for the kind words. Bill, thank you for everything you're saying. Please don't miss the other half of this announcement. Incoming Nike CEO John Donahoe later tonight on Mad Money, 6 p.m. How do you I like all these guys. Carl's the wrong to say that, but I like everybody. Uh, great to see Bill on the air. When we come back, we'll get Kramer's Mad Dash. We'll count down to the opening bell. Take another look at the pre-market. A uh, lot to get to that we haven't uh, watched so far. Also, uh, we're watching Zuckerberg's appearance on the Hill today, House Financial Services, and what's turning out to be an eventful morning for pricing of crypto. We're back in a minute. All right, let's squeeze in a Mad Dash before we get to the opening bell this morning, which is about three minutes away. Norfolk Southern. Yeah, is, uh, the feature. One of the things that has really, I think, kind of confounded people is that the transports have been holding up here in the last few days. If we're really in the slowdown, why would that be? And one of it is because the rail, CSX, pretty good quarter. Union Pacific, really good quarter. Norfolk Southern, not as good quarter. Uh, but you know what? They suffer from comparisons if they had gone first and they followed two unbelievable quarters. Uh, coal down 13 percent. Coal, again, is, I think, the stick and fork in it. Stick a fork in a cargo. Uh, the operating ratio, which is so important for these rails, not as good as the precision rail at CSX or Union Pacific. It's the one to watch because this group has held up a whole group of other stocks. So let's watch this. It might be the key to this market. Might be the key to this market. I mean, I didn't feel as though, obviously, Lance Fritz, as he always does, joined us in Union Pacific's quarter. I mean, you have to put it in perspective. It was a good quarter based on the operating ratio. Right. Right. On the op- not because, I mean, they are st- seeing uh, right. it's not it's autos, it's coal, it's energy down. I know. But the operating ratio here only uh, was 65.4 went down to 64.7. How much, the lower, the better. So people should understand that. But I, I think Norfolk Southern is a great railroad. And I think that the rails are a terrific place to be. Again, not unlike CAT. Do we talk about these companies that would be making much less at this point in the economic cycle? But Norfolk Southern is too linked to coal, some people would say. Too right. linked to autos, other people would say. Uh, I think that CSX and Union Pacific are doing 
better. They don't mention Burlington anymore, but it is we don't, the company. No. It's just owned by we Berkshire now. But, yeah. but uh, it's an exciting market because you've got these cargos. If you look at Norfolk Southern's cargo, the only only cargo that was any that was in the that was good that surprised was one percent plus auto. Uh, ag is very interesting plus two. You know, if we got a Chinese buy like the Chinese promise, you would see every one of these stocks fly because of the ag lines. But I have yet to see the Chinese place those orders that we thought were going to be so meaningful. The rails will fly if China does something that that President Trump wants. And, and if they don't, I mean, if it's kind of hard to cheer money. rail traffic this year. Yeah. I mean, dead money. We haven't seen now. a green arrow. I don't know how long. But they do make they make a lot. Of, this precision railroad does make a lot of uh, a heads turn because people felt that you that it was going to be blood out of a stone. It turns out the stone out of a stone is not bad. Let's get the opening bell here, S&P 500 at the CNBC Real-Time Exchange. And the big one, it's American Express, celebrating the launch of its reinvented corporate card program at the NASDAQ Interactive Brokers Group, provider of automated trade execution. Boy, talk about companies that are all in the hot seat. I thought American Express reported a really good quarter. People didn't really like it. Then it started coming back, but then there was reversion out of fintech into index fin because of JP Morgan. Interactive brokers, well, I mean, like Ameritrade, the stock went up after this big decline on the free, uh, on the no commission. These two stocks are very emblematic of what we're doing right now in the fins, which is that the customer keeps winning. Is that good or bad for the companies? Yeah, uh, yeah it's going to potentially affect CPI. We need a financial that's services. A great point. I, mean, I was going to ask you, Jim, of the, you mentioned transports, the Russell, banks, or semis. Which of these short-term rebounds that we've seen means the most? It'll be right? transports. Transports? And, and that's only because what we're really worried about is, uh, are we going, we want to take this recession issue off the table, and the semis can't do that. They're too worldwide in, in many, you know, secular issues. Uh, the reason why I, I f- focus on the transports is because they really are still a great measure of commerce and what's moving. And when you look at all the negative categories uh, that you get right here, right now, when it comes to all these different commodities versus where we were in the first quarter, we're seeing a very big slowing in this country. Very big. So, it's amazing. We keep trying to bump against this resistance here on uh, on Tram, right? It's just, just uh, remarkable. And by the way, the, the companies that have borne the brunt of this, we, weirdly, are the companies like ServiceNow. People don't want to be in these software as a service companies, cloud uh, companies. They want to be in the cybersecurity companies. They want to. They want. They're looking for industrials. They found Honeywell. Yesterday, they found United Technologies. I swear, honestly, if Caterpillar's up today, then it simply doesn't. Matt. <laughs> give you one stock that goes up, it feels like almost every day. T-Mobile? Apple. Oh, well, David, did you see Katie Huberty's um, I did. ode? I did. To, this I is like the Beethoven's TV. fifth through ninth here. I don't know what she's smoking. But no, 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 no. Um, this is a good one. This yeah. is 53 pages on the economics <laughs> and accounting of Apple TV+. Plus. I would have told her, pick your best five. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. God, can you imagine being an analyst? Like, actually, you have to write this? <laughs> did you try to read through this? I did. I got you know to the what? battle. I, of I got to UBS, the battle of board and I threw yeah, it away. UBS did a, a, a re, I mean, everybody's coming in with their streaming reports right. because it's very important. We're six days away from Warner, of course, uh, unveiling its service, HBO Max. Right. Um, we'll get a price point. We'll understand what new uh, uh, what new uh, shows they will have. Right. Uh, a lot of uh, the library. A lot of different things there. I mean, Apple. You. 
we kind of know what they've got it. We all keep Indeed. laughing, right? They're all laughing about how little Apple has. Now, next week, we do have that terrific opening There's for the Good Morning of, Show. Uh, the morning My show, wife yes. says, I want to go meet Jennifer Aniston. Apparently, she's going to be at the premiere. She says, I have to go to that. I said, oh, like you finally watch what I do. She goes, no, no, I follow her on her blog. Warner has over 10,000 hours of library. What? So Apple has four ninety nine dollars price target, David. Four, no, not a price target, a price. Price, yes. price. Yes. Oh, price target. The target's two eighty nine. Price target's two eighty nine. It's free when you buy a device no, 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 no. for a year too, which is great. How about um, that fellow you had yesterday? That big scoop you had? That fellow? Yes, Hans. Oh, Hans Vesper. Hans Vesper. Verizon. Yes. Yeah, that was pretty good. It was good. That was good booking. Thank you. Yeah, I yeah. tried to book uh, Alex Gorski and take my head off. Yeah, well, I know John Donahoe is a good booking too, though. You know, he used to be a friend of mine. Um, David, my, I live to steal your people. Uh, uh, Apple's market cap, by the way, is once again the highest in the land. It is above Microsoft. But she is saying that this Apple Plus is meaningful. Now, I had, this is the first time I've heard anyone say it could be meaningful. Uh, she's saying um, no. boosting services revenue by two points yep, to 20, in fiscal right. 20. And on average, one point revenue. to EPS. No, I mean, you're talking about a mobile expansion that's not unlike what happened to Procter & Gamble over the last eight months. Listen, they're spending a couple bill. I mean, just to put it in perspective, Netflix will spend, what, over 14? Right. Um, uh, CBS Viacom spends 13 on content, billion. Warner is uh, up in that range. Amazon? Amazon spends over seven or eight. Amazon's expensive. Did you know that there's a contingent within Amazon that, uh, that says, at least that I hear, set, tells Bezos, just, just fold it up, get rid of get what? rid of it. We spent seven plus billion on content. Do you think anybody wouldn't take Prime if we got rid of movies? Well, maybe that's what you do as a sop to, to the AOC contingent. And then suddenly the, we'd have seven the, billion dollars. Remember the people who felt it was really good for the working person to not have Amazon go to Queens? Yes. Well, maybe we give them the Amazon Prime video. Do you know that would have been the greatest thing that ever happened in New York? I swear to God. Uh, thank Other you than for like coming bought, back at me, at how much did we bought the? So how much did they pay? What did they pay the uh, Indians? Or there was, there was it like been the greatest single thousand? economic development thing that New York. But City no, we don't want seen. that because the people who and the Congress people were in charge of, of it jobs would have been was, very bad. It will, uh, it will be something that lives on. Jobs are bad if they're from Bezos. Of our city is perhaps one of the worst things that happened. A failure of leadership, failure on Amazon's part to a certain extent as well to sort of not. But I only bring it up because that's something you could leadership and AOC. But that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about here. Nothing at all. What would happen if Amazon? actually said, all right, no more movies. You know what? We're shutting it down. We're selling it off. Somebody else is going to buy all this stuff, whatever, and we have $7 billion. Are you going to stop getting Prime? No, I love Prime. Right, because you still like the deliveries. I, are you kidding? I love right. it. Love. I, mean, I just ordered Sensodyne. I get three every month. It's an interesting thought. It's not going to happen. No, Bezos it's not going to happen, but I do think it's important to point out that until Uberty's piece this morning, the, the acts... Uh, the axe from Morgan Stanley, I had said, all right, well, how much is this going to cost him? I had never heard anyone say buy it in part because of Apple She says, she says the street view is that it's going to be more capital intensive, low probability of generating a positive return. That's not her view. The only people who can't make money on TV, it seems, are Viacom CBS. Ouch. Ouch. What? Either way, you see that one moving up? That was mean. What, really? You want to see mean? Stick with me. They make money. They do? Yes. They just... I guess we don't take it. Just, there's questions about their ability to continue to actually make more money. I thought that I Love Lucy. You made, there used to be a guy, come on, talk about I Love Lucy. Yes, I don't his know. His name was Leslie Moonves. I did ask him once about oh, it. Oh, Jesus, David. It did. You're allowed to say his no, name. No, you're it. not. It's one of the... Do you remember George Carlin? The seven words? Yes, yeah, seven. The, well, the you seven had that words. partner. Jim, um, let's rip through... Um, Snap down three and a half. Uh, narrower than expected loss. ARPU was ahead. Revenue ahead. DAU's up three quarters in a row, but... Uh, tepid outlook is the is the read. Oh, buy it. Now listen to me. 
Listen to me and listen good, David. Snap has an unbelievable, un- but did you guys read the hold that they have? They have 90% of the 13 to 24-year-olds are on Snap, and you're going to sell that stock here? 90%. That's that hard-to-reach demographic that doesn't seem to want to do anything other than what you tell them on Snap. It's true. If I were the the Russians, if I were the Russians and I want to win an election, I would stop entirely with this Facebook stuff. I would go right on Snap. Snap? See, I have it. I didn't even put it on here because one of my, I guess it's up there. I have it. I'm not excited. I don't belong to it. I would do that. Do you think those, I remember when I asked Pete Perrara whether insider traders use Snap. I remember that too. Right. Yeah. That was good. No, that was a good question. Thank you. Preet. Who now competes with us. And has a really good podcast. Yeah, it's a very nice podcast. Hey, his yes. book is good. I just put the book. Is it? Yeah, yeah his book is good. It's got a nice podcast. Uh, Chipotle's down too. Oh, uh, that's not. Oh, comps up 11. Digital <laughs> up 88. Digital's now almost 20% of the business. This stuff is crazy. I mean, listen to me. The, the, they did 11% comp, which, by the way, seven and a half of it was was traffic. Who was, they, if 7 million people had just joined in their customer, uh, you know, in, in their loyalty program after since March, yeah. they can triple that easily. They've got this Chipotle where they do more than much more business when they have a drive-through. The selling this stock down 40, I, that is dumb as well, would no one's no, 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 I meant nothing about Louisiana Pacific. I didn't mean to comps, comps are gonna get hard. Here. Uh, but but the, the carne asada itself is <laughs> no, no it's gonna hurt the the progression of the progression. September was good, October's great. Uh, and how about this? Did you see that they, oh my God, look at this. Do you see they sourced avocado from Peru? They're no longer hostage to Mexico? David, that's major. There's uh, Mark Zuckerberg going through security uh, on his way to House Financial Services where he'll face questioning on uh, Libra. Uh, hard to get a read on his testimony. He does say, according to some, that his his statement will say, we know we're not the best messenger for this right yeah, now. Yeah, that's the best line in the whole thing. Yeah. I would have emphasized more about empowerment. When I, uh, when I look at the, some of the things he's got to say, he's got to say, listen, um, this is about empowering uh, the, not just the wealthy to be able to bank on, uh, by cell phone. Uh, well, the poor people are all use paper worldwide. I think he's coming with an empowerment message, which is very positive. But at the same time, uh, the long knives are out. I think there's going to be a lot of self-flagellation, which is the correct approach to take. Uh, I'm not saying that it's ever a positive. Remember when Jamie Dimon came before Congress during the heyday of uh, the greatness of meeting assassinate bankers? I think the long knives are out for him. I think he's going to quit himself much better than people realize. Okay. Yeah. You've seen what Bitcoin's doing this morning. Back down below the 200 day. If you want transparency and you affect Bitcoin and you think that Bitcoin is run by by uh, organized crime, o, you know, by uh, OG, organized crime, OCG, organized crime. Right. meant original gangster. No, no, it's you have to watch Line of Duty. I mean, you have Amazon Prime, by the way, uh, but yes. that's from uh, Acorn. Uh, the, he's going to be able to say empowerment. He's going to be able to say transparency. And they're going to be just saying, we hate you, Facebook. It, there's... I think he prevails in the end. It's a kinder, gentler Mark Zuckerberg. I don't know if you've noticed his pronouncements of late. He went, what? I'm listening to you. Go, continue. You, you don't see that? Kinder, gentler Mark Zuckerberg? I have. What do you think of it? I'm still, I'm still uh, assessing. Assessing? Yes. I think like a lot of people. Well, you don't like the sweater? You want the hoodie? What happened I think to the hoodie? He, because he's become more of a TJ Maxx buyer. Right. Well, he's... He's in his mid-30s now, isn't he? How old is Mark? What does that have to do with where you buy your clothes? Well, you don't wear a hoodie as much when you're not in your 20s anymore. That's a good point. 
you see that all, do you see that ServiceNow, the whole Splunk ServiceNow cohorts doing, Splunk's up big. I've been waiting for that. Intuit downgraded yesterday. That's coming back. Is there, people keep asking me, is there going to be a bottom in the sales forces and in the Dobies? Well, today is the day. It has to bottom or else. You were talking about Snap. I know you were uh, already. I'm a, I'm a I devotee. Mean, obviously, in light of Facebook and Instagram, it's worth coming back to. Why is the stock down 3%? Was there a lot of guys just short of going into the quarter? Eh, it did it's run. Over 50% in terms of sales and acceleration. Because the market's stupid. Sales growth. The market's stupid. You know, look, they do have some costs, obviously, but... The people were throwing it away. I, I, maybe they didn't read through the conference call because they have the same memory as a snap. <laughs> okay? They got the Mayfly. You ever see how long the Mayfly remembers things? That's the people who own Snap. Go read into the back. Finish the conference call. It's good. It's good uh, J- JP Morgan did take it to overweight. Um, $20 target. I they agree they with see them. positive EBITDA in Q4. So I agree with them. And you have, don't you have Evan Spiegel on Monday? With Julia Borston? That's I fought right. for that interview. I had no luck whatsoever. Tough to get. To I think Julia's the got, the, she's got the edge on, uh, on that. Yeah, it's like L.A. too. Can't win them all. Can't win them all. LA, win mean, them all. Know, I was willing to fly out it's there. It's Chinatown. Forget it. Forget, Forget it. it, Jim. Forget yeah. about it, Jim. Sister mother. Sister mother. <laughs> we mentioned Nike. Uh, the longtime CEO, Mark Parker, stepping down. He will be replaced by the CEO of ServiceNow, John Donahoe. Parker spoke exclusively with Closing Bell yesterday and elaborated on that move. Well, we've spent a lot of time over many months working on uh, succession planning. So this is, uh, this is not something that happens in a matter of weeks. Uh, so it's really unrelated to Oregon Project or any other issues. This is really about me and the board really wanting to make uh, the, you know, build on the momentum that we've got, you know, add the horsepower, accelerate against our strategy, and do it while I'm here and really in a position to lean in and uh, make this as successful as possible. Of course, uh, Donahoe's been on the board. Mark's right. going to stay executive chair here. Did talk about how he wants to work with him for uh, a while. Yes, absolutely. And there's a really smooth transition. Uh, big shoes to fill. Ten-year uh, total share return, Mark Parker, 569%. But interesting, five years, 125%. Donahoe at uh, at ServiceNow, five-year, 225%. So you could argue, listen, you, it's just tough for Nike to lose Parker. He's a visionary. But Donahoe's no slouch. Don is the real deal. No, he is the real deal. Uh, you know, I first met him, obviously, during the fight with Carl Icahn over eBay, right. where he said no, then he said yes, and they split the companies, which has created a lot of value. He's still chairman of PayPal, by the way, too. Wow, PayPal which reports tonight. A lot of people yeah. are thinking, is PayPal going to make a move? You know, there was a cancellation recently. You know, not everyone's talking at PayPal, but we're going to see what happens. A merger with PayPal and someone big in the payment space cannot be overlooked. Obviously, I would prefer PayPal's to be Square. big in and of itself. Oh, I prefer to be Square, but that's probably... Square is much smaller my short than PayPal. List. It's yeah. my short list. That's your short list. Yeah, my short list, my investment short banking list. short list. Got it. You know, every day I make a lot of calls to try to get those deals done. You know, no, you, and you, do, you, are, uh, you are instrumental in the workings of the financial system overall. Completely, but we got to move in on. In all areas. Dave, Dave we got to move In on. all areas. For a moment there, Boeing and Cat were actually leading the Dow. Well, that's crazy. Uh, for now, Boeing is. Let's get to Bob Asani. Bob? Well, we're uh, about a quarter of the way through earnings season. More than 100 stocks in the S&P have already reported, Carl. Uh, let me just show you what's going on with the sectors because the earnings 
stories are very much impacting the sectors today. So look, semis down a lot, and that's that's primarily because of what we're seeing uh, with Texas Instruments. We're talking about a company with a $110 billion market cap. That big, it's going to move the indexes it's in. It's down about 9%. Uh, that's influencing their transports influenced a little bit uh, by Norfolk Southern, a bit below expectations. Consumer discretionary, well, we had a little bit of weakness in Whirlpool in Latin America. We had some other issues going on with them. Under Armour, Chipotle, also on the weak side. Banks, industrials flat, and I think that's very interesting. Now, we've had three very notable outliers, real disappointments for the earnings season so far. FedEx, McDonald's, Caterpillar. Is there something really big going on here, or are they sector-specific? FedEx, I think, is sector-specific or company-specific. McDonald's may be sector-specific. There was a lot of chicken wars going on at the time of their reporting, would could uh, account for the lower than expected U.S. same store sales. Caterpillar, I don't think you have that excuse. This is clearly the poster child for global growth. And they clearly indicated that uh, in their numbers. So, and uh, here's the question. Why are we only down fractionally? That's what everybody's trying to figure out. So these numbers don't look very good on the surface. Here's the three big subsectors of, uh, of Caterpillar. Mining down 12 percent. Construction down 7 percent. Energy, you could say, well, that's at least not that bad, only down 2%. But these are pretty notable numbers uh, on the downside overall. I think the question now is, does the stock reflect those low expectations and do the earnings? And I think that they do. And I think that explains why we're not moving that much on Caterpillar. So the company specifically told us what the problem is. They said we're seeing reductions in inventories and we're seeing end user demand flat. And they anticipate this will continue into 2020. So let's just take the company's word at it. Inventories are continuing to be reduced and end user demand is going to be flat going into 2020. What's going on with the company, with the stock this year? Earnings are only up 4%. That's better than some companies, but not anywhere near spectacular. Revenues are essentially flat on the year. And where's the stock gone? It's way, way underperformed the S&P 500, which is up 17, 18%. So the, the, num the company's performance is reflected in its stock price and its earnings and revenues. Here I want to just show you something. This is a chart going back seven, eight years now on Caterpillar. At one point this year, we were at 115 or so. We were back at levels back in 2012. This is 2012 right here for Caterpillar. So you see the stocks jumped all over the place. And this year it's gone up and down with every twist of the tariff wars. My point is that Caterpillar is essentially going sideways, this big spurt here on uh, the uh, tax cuts last year, I don't think it's outperforming in any particular way. And I think that's indicating the company. And that's why we're seeing flat here. My point is going into 2020, you may see this company, as long as you've got a paradigm where you're going to get flat growth or one to two percent GDP growth, maybe a modest amount of fiscal stimulus in Europe, and maybe just a truce on the China wars, you may have the stock going flat. Guys, back to you. All right, Bob, thanks. Uh, good, good insight, given what uh, Kat said earlier today. Right. As we mentioned earlier, Zuckerberg is getting ready to testify on Capitol Hill. We saw him go through security a moment ago, and Elon Mui actually got caught on camera for a sec. Good morning, Elon. Good morning, Carl. Well, we did see Mark Zuckerberg walk down this hallway here as he prepares for his testimony. He didn't answer any of the questions we tried to ask him, though, including whether users can still trust Facebook and whether the platform is safe. However, he will be facing a long day of testimony, and I can tell you that hearing room is going to be full. Both members of the media and the public have been lined up for hours in order to get into this hearing. They even had to open up an overflow room because there is such intense interest 
amongst the public and also intense scrutiny of this company from lawmakers. So we will see if Zuckerberg's attempts to build relationships with lawmakers over the past few weeks will pay off when he faces them in just a few minutes. All right, Alan, thank you very much. We'll keep an eye on that. Um, meantime, Jim, $29.99. Uh, it's 3K is like a magnet over these last few sessions. Well, a lot of this is CNN, CNN poll. Uh, Biden leading over 2020 Democratic rivals. Uh, thank you, Jeff Sonnenfeld. For Biggest right lead now. since April yeah, and on that, that poll There's a for whole, Biden. You know, so that's health care, which is a gigantic part of the S&P. Health care just gets ignited. So you'll have an anthem, which is obviously worth very little under a, a, a regime from Sanders, right, or for Warren. Yes. Well, suddenly you want to buy that stock in the same set of numbers you want to sell it. This is the most important thing that's happening in stocks, which is Biden coming back. No one uh, thought that. Warren way behind on moderates. That's way behind. So that's the, you, you buy, look, you guys buy uh, Humana. I mean, you buy the worst of the best. All right, guys. Uh, make sure to check out our podcast, by the way. Listen to the opening bell hour of Squawk on the Street at CNBC.com. And, and David does not appear on podcast. the podcast. He's just making faces. <laughs> or wherever you listen to them. Uh, 60 points to start this uh, Wednesday. Don't go anywhere. Big day for Facebook and its efforts behind Libra as Mark Zuckerberg's in front of House Financial Services and Chair Waters. We're going to give you live coverage beginning at the top of the hour. Dow's up 55. Stop Trading with Jim is next. Time for Kramer and Stop Trading. Okay, there's a quiet bull market going on in devices, medical devices, whether it be Thermo Fisher, okay, whether, whether it be Danaher, or the star of this period, which is Boston Scientific. And be aware that there's a great division between the drug companies. Look at Lilly. And these companies, the devices are very much the way to go. Um, Intuitive Surgical, one of the best quarters. It's reacted. Very big goal between a device company these days and a drug company. Devices are favored. The politicians don't care about devices. <laughs> uh, what's on Mad tonight, Jim? Well, I said the rails are important. Now, some of that was because I was looking at Norfolk Southern. Some of it's big tease for my show, David. Jim Foote from CSX. How do you like that booking? It's precision railroad. Precision right railroad. And then John Donahoe, obviously the subject of, uh, of much of the news. And John Donahoe, I, can I just say, because Mark Parker's going to move me on. Mark Parker, I've learned more from Mark Parker than any CEO about how a company runs because he's so transparent in his conference calls. And it wouldn't be so bad if he would answer my email once in four years. Yeah, the conference caller, what you get. He doesn't do a lot no, of extracurricular. No there's no more to Parker than that. Jim, we'll see you tonight. Thank you. Uh, busy day. When we come back, as we said, Mark Zuckerberg on Capitol Hill. His testimony begins in a few moments with the Dow of 50. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. 